I'm going to do my best and my best is good enough. And that's finally what got me over the finish line. You know, writing is an interesting thing, for lack of a better word, because it's the only time that I feel at the same time it's solitary and yet I'm connected to humanity. And to have those feelings simultaneously would be the best thing about writing for me. Welcome to the Daily Authors Podcast, a daily podcast all about books and the authors who gave them life. Each episode, your host interviews a new brilliant author as they reveal inside information about their incredible books and inspiring lives. Now, here's your host, Aaron Gendel. Hey, Aaron Gendel here. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Daily Authors Podcast. It means so, so much to me. And maybe you've been thinking about writing a book of your own. And if so, do not wait. The world is hurting and needs your help. It needs your book. I would love to help you on your journey to write your book. So simply email me at Aaron at DailyAuthors.com and I'd love to hear about your book idea. Now enjoy the show. All right. Thank you so much, Yvonne, for joining me on the Daily Authors Podcast today. So excited today to talk to you about your book, Stop Struggling With Your Teen, a complete, easy-to-use guide to reconnect and rebuild your relationship with your child. Thanks again, Yvonne, for joining me on the show. My pleasure. Awesome. Well, before we get started in talking about your book, would you mind just letting the listeners in on your life? Tell us a little bit more about yourself, your work, and what you've got going on right now. Wow. What do I have going on right now? Well, I guess I'm very excited because I always use the word basically. I'm basically done with an online parenting video series that I'm really excited about. Congrats. Yeah, called How to Fight Less and Connect More with Your Child. I'm excited to be doing this interview. And I guess if I'm really going to be honest. I think what will be interesting for the viewers to know is, ta-da, 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 I have my grandson living with me now. And when I told my clients that, do you know what they did, Aaron? <laughs> What's that? They burst out laughing. <laughs> they said, okay, Yvonne, now let's see. Enough preaching. Let's see <laughs> what happens when you begin to live it. Yeah. So I would think that would be an interesting fact about me right now. Awesome. How long has that been happening? Or has July. July, okay. Has it been a good experience so far? Oh my God, it's been a joy. Awesome. Most of the time, like all <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's been a joy. I can relate. I got four kids of my own, so I can say the same thing. Most of the time, it's it's awesome. (laughs) All right, well, let's dive into your book and talk a little bit more about what inspired you to write Stop Struggling with Your Teen, Yvonne. Well, we first wrote it. I wrote it with a co-author years ago in the 1980s and never thought I would write again, let alone by myself. Yeah. Until I can tell you it was. In July, the exact moment I was working with a parent and a teenager. Of course, the parent thought the teen had all the problems and she just wanted the teenager to see me. <laughs> doesn't work. So I brought the parent in. And when I felt badly for the teen more than the parent, I went to turn around to grab my book 
And of course, there was no book because it was out of print. So that was really the moment I decided that I was going to update it. Got it. Awesome. Well, could you just give us that high level overview of the book maybe and just tell us a little bit more about what's going to help the listener or the reader take away from it? Sure. I have discovered over many, many, many years that when parents are in pain, they don't want theory. They want solutions. So it is a very solution-oriented book. Awesome. Um, We've divided it up into four major steps, which is think differently, turn over responsibility to your teen, tap into parents' rights, and to take a stand. What do you get when you mix it all together? You get how to strike a delicate balance, and it is very delicate, Erin, between letting go and taking a stand. Now, so what makes this book different is it really teaches parents how to be tough, tough on the problem, and at the same time, tender with their teen. Awesome. Wow. I know my, my kids aren't in the teens yet, but I know I'm going to need this advice here soon. <laughs> Any, How old are you, kids? One, three, five, and seven. Well, believe it or not, the principles are still the same, particularly ah, okay. for the seven-year-old. That's great. Wow. Is there any specific, I know you talked about the different, you know, higher level components. Could you dive into maybe one specifically that you feel might help the listener today the most or, you know, someone like me who's got kids? you know, take some action today and and be a better parent. And especially if you're struggling with your child. Well, don't kill me. But if I asked you for a typical problem with your seven-year-old, what would you say? And let's nail it. And I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah, no, that's great. I'll figure something out. Yeah, I think just more taking instruction when I ask her to do something and without asking a million times. That's enough. You are like most parents. And I don't know how to say this gently, so I'm just going to say it. Just say it. <laughs> Talk too much. So if I had like one minute to tell parents what to do differently, it would be to talk less and to use more action. So give me an example of what you have your kid to do. What should your child uh, Something as simple as helping pick up the toys or something like that. Okay. So what you usually would say, pick up the toys, please pick up the toys now. Right. Sure. sure. (laughs) What did you just see me do? You've picked up a container that, uh, that, that actually, and used some physical movement to point to an object that I'm assuming you said to put the toys in there. Is that what you're saying? So what I really think parents need to do is they need to move into motion because Mm. when parents use words, they don't realize that words are like weapons. And the more you talk, the more chance you have to ignite a power struggle. And you tell me, Aaron, who's got more energy, you or your kid? (laughs) My kid probably most of the time, yeah. (laughs) Right. So that's what I would say. If you were going to take away one thing, it would be to talk less and to use more action. 
Awesome. Wow. And does, does it help to be involved with the action in that instance, or is it still something you can expect by just making physical movements that the kid will get the, the picture? Well, it depends. Most of the time, the less words you use, the better. If you do decide to help, what I would suggest is to keep your kid in the director's chair. So you would say to your seven-year-old or your 15-year-old, how do you want me to help? Ah, So that they are in charge of it, not you. And you may add, I've got 10 minutes. So what's the most helpful thing I could do? Awesome. Wow. Very cool. So what's the difference, I guess, between using the words and and then using your body language to help direct? Like, what is there something to that? Yeah. So words are weapons. And when you talk, more than likely, you're going to ignite a power struggle. And what happens is when you talk. So let's just say this was the kid. And let's say he was supposed to do homework. Can you see that? Yep. Now, when you talk, you get literally in the middle. And what happens is you become the enemy. Oh, mom, you're always picking on me. I told you I was going to do it in a minute. You don't give me that minute. Blah, blah, blah. And what has gone away? The homework. So the more you talk, the more opportunity you have, which I'm sure you've experienced, Aaron, to become the enemy. Yeah. Very cool. Interesting. Never heard those words of advice, so I really appreciate you sharing with me today. (laughs) I'm going to definitely use that one. (laughs) Good. Make believe you have laryngitis. Wow. Very cool. Uh, Well, let's see. Let's get back on track here with uh, some of the questions. I mean, not back on track because... That's exactly what I want to hear and very helpful information for our listeners and viewers today. really appreciate you sharing it with us. So I wanted to ask a little bit more about you, Yvonne, and I really believe writing a book is a great accomplishment. So congrats again on yours and wondered if you might share who the biggest influence has been for you and your life to take you you to this place of becoming an author, helping others with their children. Okay. That's an easy one. Rudolph Dreikers that wrote the book, Children the Challenge. So years ago, I really thought I was going to be a good teacher. The only problem is that my kids didn't know about that. And I just was not doing the kind of job I wanted to be doing. So I told my husband I was going to go to a parenting group. And I still remember his words. You need more help than I do. I will stay home with, you know, David, our son. Yeah. So I went. And for people who know me, they find it hard to believe, but I did not open my mouth the entire eight weeks of the parenting course. Hmm. Here's the moment I remember the most. At the end of the course, my husband said, Yvonne, Something is happening in this family. You're yelling less and I'm yelling more. (laughs) From then on, we both went to some parenting classes. And then 
it really affected my life. And, and what I did with that was decide to get my master's degree at uh, Alfred Adler Institute that Drikers had opened up, uh, which is located in Chicago. Awesome. So that one course really set you forward in the motion that you're on well, now. Like many parents, I was really in pain, so I was ready to change. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. The more pain we parents are in, the more likely we are to begin to change ourselves. And I found out the first class, I couldn't change Shelly, my husband. I couldn't change David, which was a relief because I had given it my best shot and learned that I needed to start changing myself, which I did. Amazing. Yeah, it's definitely the only thing we can change, right? <laughs> Our own actions and how we respond to others. Would you like to hear my change? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Well, again, my kids were younger, so you can probably appreciate this. Um, I decided to stop talking after 8.30 because all I did after 8.30 was yell. So uh -huh. at 8.30, I was done. And um, 8.30 at night, you're saying, right? Yeah, 8.30 at night, yes. And that was the beginning for me. Got it. And so that probably changed and shifted the mood of the entire household by doing that, right? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. It sure did. Awesome. <laughs> That's a good one to implement. Hey, I'm not going to talk <laughs> this time. Was that hard to, did you, did you cut off? Oh like, God, no, all I did was scream after 8.30. Let me tell you what's important about that. And yeah. it takes us back to stop struggling with your team. Because I'm telling you, it's all the same. Yeah. So remember I said the first part of the book is called Thinking Differently. Yeah. And that's how you change your attitude. Now, most parents believe, okay, I'm going to base my success on how my kid responds. Wrong. Start basing your success on your actions, not how your team responds. So for me, I was the success because I stopped eat, uh, talking at 830. Let's say that you're going to start doing that with your teenager. Your teenager always comes in late and you're serving him food as you're telling him you'll never do this again. I'm going to stop serving dinner after 6.30. And most parents will respond, so what? My kid will fix himself dinner. Yes. But you are beginning to build the credibility of your word and you can begin to follow up with your follow through. It's a really important point because it literally changes the whole atmosphere when you are successful because of you, not because of how your team responds. Mm. I love it. Well, thank, you for sh thank you for sharing, Yvonne. I appreciate that. Very helpful stuff. Uh, and I'm getting a lot out of this, so I appreciate it. Well, I wanted to ask a little bit more about you and wonder if you might share any particular failure in your life and or what you might consider a failure and something that maybe you learned from and what you got out of that failure. Would you mind if I change that question to what life-changing thing happened to me? Absolutely, yeah. I, I just hold your hat. So in the year 2000, 
um, I went to an eye doctor because I thought I had eyelash tint in my eye. And it turned out that I had a brain tumor. And you never want a doctor to say, you can call me 24 hours a day. This is not good. Hmm. So October 4th, 2000, I underwent uh, brain surgery. And when I went back into the doctor, he told me that having the tumor, it was a golf ball and a half. So I had it for minimum 18 years, that it was like having a lobotomy, Hmm. which meant that my feelings were flat, which was really hard to believe. But After surgery, if you breathed on me wrong, I would start crying. And I had been on a lot of national shows, Good Morning America Today, blah, blah. And I was really calm. And I thought that was because of me. I didn't realize that it was the tumor that I had. So in 2000, afterwards, it's kind of like I've learned to start feeling again and integrating that old self with my new self. And that's been, um, I'm very blessed. So yeah, that would be my story. Yeah, that's, a, that's an amazing story, Yvonne. So everything... You healed up and you were good to go after the surgery and all that. I was very lucky. They, it was in my optic nerve. I was told afterwards they, everybody thought I was going to go blind. What happened was I stopped speaking after the surgery. I used to do a lot of speaking and I, I was scared people were going to think I was stupid because I had a brain tumor. And I would say with this book, I'm finally starting to speak again. I'm integrating the old self with the new self. And what happened to me is my left brain and right brain could communicate with each other because the tumor was no longer there blocking it. So I really couldldn't shut up afterwards. <laughs> just, <I don't> know. <laughs> You're just excited for life after that. It sounds like <laughs> um, you know the more excited. My brain began to communicate with one another. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine that shift. So yeah, pretty incredible stuff. And uh, yeah, thank you again for sharing it, Yvonne. I appreciate that. Glad you're here with me today, talking and telling your story. Well, I wanted to ask if you had a favorite quote, something that inspires you often, Yvonne, something you'd like to share with the listeners today. I would love to do that. And I really think I made this quote up, but I really don't know. But it's a quote that I say all the time. So I Googled it. It wasn't in in Google. So maybe I did make it up. (laughs) Encouragement is the key agent to change is my favorite quote. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for sharing it. Well, let's dive into the the book writing process a little bit, if you don't mind, and wondered if you might share with the listeners your thoughts and your experience through fear and doubt, if you had any, as far as writing the book goes, because I know a lot of times in life and with writing books that fear and doubt can stop us and keep us from reaching those things we want the most, and wondered if you could share if you had fear and doubt and what what really helped you to overcome that. Well, after the meeting with that parent and teen, uh, and I decided to write, I 
never had really seen myself as a writer. So going at it alone was a whole new experience. And what I decided to do was every day I would devote 30 minutes. And I never, never, never cared about the quality. I would set the timer for 30 minutes and I would either write. And if I didn't feel like writing, I would look up other parenting books and I'd call it research. I don't really care what I did, but for 30 minutes, I was writing a book or researching a book. And to me, the most important thing I said was I didn't care about quality at that point. I only cared about quantity. And I think that helped me shut off the left side of my brain. So yeah. that, I can go on. I have lots of tips about that. But yeah, that well, we'll dive into those here in a minute. Yeah, that's great stuff. So basically, you uh, by by getting to that pattern, that routine, and not worrying about that it was perfect really helped you overcome it, overcome right. any fear and doubt. It got me started. Yeah. I mean, wh- how do you start? It got me started. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, let's dive into some other tips, tricks, anything that really helped you, maybe things that you yes. know now that you wish you had known before starting to write books. No, if I had known before, sorry, don't kill me. If I had known before what I know now, I don't know. I always say ignorance <laughs> and guts is what got me to be an <laughs> I really try to work with my body rather than against it and have found out that early in the morning and late at night are times I like to write. What I read, which made perfect sense to me that I never realized, is in the morning and the evening, the left side of our brain is tired. And it's easier to hook into the right side of the brain. I did that intuitively, but it was really fun to read and find out there was some logic. So I thought about this question. I have one other like strategy that I use with myself. I'm not telling other people to do it. But if I write in the morning, I have coffee and I write. And then if I really want to get it done, I tell myself I can't have breakfast until I get this certain point done. And that usually gets it done. (laughs) You're like, I got to hurry up to get this done. So I I can can eat. (laughs) Some good motivation. Yeah, sometimes that sort of, uh, well, yeah, that both from a pleasure and pain perspective, we can find those things to motivate us. That's uh, very helpful. For me, I, I don't want to say that for other people, but yeah. Awesome. What, what about writer's block? Is that something you experienced along the way? And if so, what helped you through that? Well, if, you know, I took a course years ago. I don't do this anymore. It was with Eric Maisel in 2004 when I decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to write. That was when I wanted to do that other book, A New Fearless Shoe. And I remember him saying, so he gets credit, not me, crack an egg. And every time you want to quit, just kind of stir that egg up and then just keep on writing. I have found, like what I said, I can make it through a half an hour. And if I don't feel like writing, I honor that. And I'll do research or I'll do conscious writing, just automatic writing and see what happens. And then another day, I'll go back and edit it. So I try to go with the body and how it feels. Got it. Great. Great tips. 
What about the very best part of writing a book? What's that been like for you, Yvonne? When it's done. When I can stop saying it's basically done. And, uh, <laughs> and I decided that my, I read this quote, um, something about I'm going to do my best and my best is good enough. And that's finally what got me over the finish line. You know, writing is, is an interesting thing, for lack of a better word, because it's the only time that I feel at the same time it's solitary and yet I'm connected to humanity. And to have those feelings simultaneously would be the best thing about writing for me. Awesome. Well, I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything, Yvonne. So if there was anything else at all you'd like to share, or if there was a question you would have asked yourself, if you were in my shoes, what would that be? Well, I guess for me, I had a really difficult time giving myself credibility because when I was writing, I was not a parent of a teenager. And I really, that did almost stop me. It was a really big stumbling block. And once I had this aha that the stop struggling approach is still the same as it was many years ago, what's different is the problems parents are facing today. So to be able to take the same stop struggling principles, how to let go with love, not fuel how to take a stand in a no-nonsense manner, how to address your rights and at the same time not trample kids. That's the same techniques, the same tools, but we have to change it and include technology now. Once that hit me, then it sprung organically from me. Awesome. So it helped you to get over, you say, finally not, or not having... A teen of your own at the time of writing, you're saying. Right. Because I really thought maybe I lacked credibility. And once I realized the principles were the same, right. then that stumbling block dissipated. That's great. I think that's another blocker to people writing to feel like they you know, may not have the credibility or whatnot. But um, if they can, maybe they have a similar situation that might help them in. You know, the thing is, you think about rather than your lack of credibility, you really want to think of it as providing a service like this online video course. As far as I'm concerned, I'm already a success because it's something in me that I wanted to get out that I knew I had. Now, I, I hope people sign up for it, but I've passed it on. I've let it bring from me. So it's a way to serve others. It's a way to make a contribution. And I think that way will help people when they think in terms like that. Yeah, absolutely. Books the same way. And a lot of the authors I interview, a lot of what they want is just to share their message with the world and get get it out there. And it's therapeutic for themselves. And yeah, I think truthfully, someone said this to me. And you know what? I think they're right. I didn't realize it, but I think I wrote Stop Struggling with Your Teen to be my own guide because at that time, unbeknownst to me, I didn't have the feelings and emotions to guide me like other parents did. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's insightful. 
oh my God, I don't, I don't even know who said it to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, very much so. Well, Yvonne, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. And just want to thank you so much for your time. I want to make sure the listeners know when, where to connect with you online and maybe a little bit more about what you're up to next. It sounds like you're, you got this online course. So maybe you could share a little bit more about that. Okay. Well, you connect with me at my website, which is my name, www.ivonneweinhaus.com. And what the online parenting course is about 10 fast solutions uh, to overcome the most common parenting problems. And what I do, which you did the first one, which is what I do is I talk about the three most common mistakes parents make, which you so beautifully illustrated (laughs) with your first comment with your kid. So anyway, that's what I do. I talk about the mistake why it's important, and then, of course, what are some fast solutions to overcome it. Amazing. Wow, sounds like a great course. You've got me pumped up to take some action just today with the (laughs) the little chat and time we had today. So I really appreciate it. I know our listeners will get that same great advice, so hopefully they can use it to improve their parenting. And thanks again for joining me on the show, Yvonne. It's been absolutely pleasure. Okay, stop struggling with your team. They can get it at Amazon. Absolutely. Yep. I'll be linking to that in the post as well. So hopefully people pick it up. I know uh, it'll help them out a lot. And thanks again, Yvonne. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Daily Authors Podcast. Be sure to visit dailyauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. 